spell new in an email? You could help me out. Am I making this a group effort? Like no, but with all the with the weird enunciation. Yeah, because I want to tell someone like they. I was so basically my my my. Where where where? Yeah, you know. Hey, <laughs> listen, listen, I'm, bre I'm I'm breaking I'm breaking Jesse in. Yeah, uh, yeah. So let's, I, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, this is a little therapy here. Listen, this is important stuff. Yeah. So sure, sure, sure. Yeah. My mm -hmm. uh, my my podcast compadres here. Uh, voluntold me to be on someone else's podcast and I get this email and they're like I don't know if they told you but you've been vol volunteered to be on my podcast did, did they tell you and I want to write back uh no mm. it's hard to it's hard to convey that in an email though yeah I feel like maybe I should just I feel like the sound clip yeah I feel like I think the, the Germans maybe have some like a symbol that you can put over with the O that maybe or like yeah, there, it's like N-E-R-R-R-R-R-R what I would probably yeah. do is like capital N and then a series of lowercase and uppercase O's, just sort of random. Yeah, I think that yeah. that might get because 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 at this point, you're not going to be able to get that across, but you want to get the feeling of it across yeah, more than true. anything else. That's I think yeah. it's really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesse, can I hire you to do like a singing telegram of, uh, she says, Nip. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I mean, alone. Jeez, you just got here. I mean, listen, I'm a musician for a living, so I am the biggest whore in the world. So, yeah, <laughs> if you wanted me to sing anything to anyone, I'll do it. Recording in progress. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Ooh, oh, listen to that. It's the sweet tones of that banter, banter. <laughs> hey, this is, of course, the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today... Mr. Steve Barkley, because you know what? He hasn't been in here a while, and I think he deserves first spot this week. Hello, I'm Steve. here, I'm here. Uh, hey, we also have Miss Liz Malone. It's a boot time. <laughs> did I say that right? A boot? A boot? A boot? A boot? You did. I'm an American. I'm trying. A, a boot? A boot? A boot? A boot? Oh, yeah. It's like. Honestly, I, I think you're trying too hard. <laughs> it's like... I can't wait to see how that comes out in a transcript. Let's try to say about uh, like 50 times. A boot, a boot, a boot, a boot. <laughs> oh my God, this is off the rails already. Hey, and look who else is here. Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello again. Uh, and then, then that's it. That's all four of us. Man, I'm not used to all four of us being here. How about you that? missed the, the how boot that how, I can't just <laughs> it. I'm trying. I'm gonna practice it off. See how casually I can knock that off there. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost That's... like it comes naturally. Yeah, oh. I mean, listen, give it <laughs> another year. You've only been doing the show for a year. I'm sure in another year, you'll you'll just run into people at the grocery store and they'll be like, "Why are you talking so funny?" And <laughs> <laughs> I already run into that living in north carolina and being from new york city so yeah we'll see there you go you're not from around here no i'm not 
Uh, well, okay. Well, let's do a little real, real quick catch up since, uh, so Steve, how you doing? I am doing just fine. What, uh, what have you been uh, up to? Well, you know, currently I'm sitting here sporting a mask because my, uh, my wife has been working in the bedroom here and she's got the vid. Oh, jeez. So. Yeah. Oh, no. Yep. Yep. So we're, uh, we're just, uh, you know, waiting that out right now. Right. And didn't you, you took, didn't you, did you go to CSUN a couple of weeks ago? I did or, go to CSUN. And, and how, uh, how was that? CSUN was good. There, there were some interesting, uh, interesting new things down there and, uh, got to meet a whole bunch of people again. And yeah, it was excellent. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to have a little bit of an update uh, at some point in the yeah. uh, next few weeks. Can do. I'd like to hear about, uh, what's going on there. All right. Well, uh, how are you, Liz? Uh, you, you I'm healthy. healthy. Yeah. yeah. After my run in with what RSV followed by COVID followed by pneumonia. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm like Smith super immunity now. Yeah, no doubt. I'm just raging with antibodies. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It's a good thing. I'm helping Next. with the herd immunity. <laughs> well, you guys, I'm part of the herd to... now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, good. So it sounds like everyone's here. Everyone's healthy. Except How for... are you, Rob? Oh, yeah, that's right. Everyone, no one ever asks how I am. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I feel good. I've been taking multivitamins, and I'm really beginning to feel it, actually. <laughs> I feel a, a lot more energy, and there, uh, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. nothing better than the power of the placebo, right? The what? <laughs> always the placebo. <laughs> the mind over she matter. She said placebo. Okay. All right. Okay. That's not what I heard. But that's, the transcript right. won't catch like, that. What? But she <laughs> said placebo. <laughs> like whoa. What did you think I said? Doesn't not... matter. Moving on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to read the transcript. It seems, seems way more interesting what? than what we're actually saying. <laughs> We'll explain uh, to you after the show. That's funny. Uh, all right. Well, listen, I can't top that. So, well, I think <laughs> let's just like, we better get onto the meat Our of the show. Our guest is going to bail on us. Yeah, I know. It's every every week. It's like this. You gotta, you to, all right. Enough of that. Let's go to Steve. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell us, since you're back, uh, what the heck we're doing today? Well, I was at a CEPBC district partners meeting and uh, they brought in this weirdo named Jesse to uh, sing a bunch of songs and to uh, get people hopping and he did a fantastic job of it. So I thought, hey, here's a guy with a mission to uh, inspire uh, students. He travels all over the place doing that. So we'll, let's give him some free press and uh, see if we can drag him to more far-flung <laughs> reaches of Canada. <laughs> and maybe the states who knows and, and we have a listener in russia so you know it's true there's there's always the possibility so uh let's bring on jesse jesse welcome to the podcast thanks guys i feel like i'm interrupting a party you're all having <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, should i like should i've gotten hammered before this <laughs> No, it's during. Honestly, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it's highly recommended. <laughs> but I Jesse. think I think weirdo is an appropriate adjective. So <laughs> you nailed that one for sure. Well, uh, we, we, we want to thank you for not bailing and for sticking with us. 
at least for now, I guess I shouldn't get too far ahead of, <laughs> ahead of uh, but why don't we just start off, give us a little bit of a snapshot of who the heck you are and uh, how it came to be that, uh, yeah, that you did run into that Mr. Steve there. Yeah, so I'm a, a singer-songwriter. I've been a professional musician since I was like 19. And um, a long time ago, I wrote a song called We Can, way back in 2010. And I wrote it because I was running the New York City Marathon for the first time. Um, I was running to raise money and awareness for uh, spinal cord injuries and spinal cord research because one of my best friends suffered spinal cord injury when we were teenagers. And it was a cause I really believed in. I, I loved the work that they did over at the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation, named after Christopher Reeve, obviously, who used to be Superman. And um, I wrote the song called We Can because I wanted to give people permission to do the scary, wonderful things that they'd always wanted to do. Because when I would share about my experience running the marathon, people would say, that's so lucky you ran your first marathon. That's so amazing. You ran your first marathon. I've always wanted to run a marathon or here's the thing I've always wanted to do. And so I wrote the song and I put it out and I thought it would inspire some people to run and it did. And then um, a couple months later, I got an email from a teacher in Vancouver Island in Courtney, British Columbia on Vancouver mm. Island. And they asked me if I wanted to come visit their school. And I said, wow. sure, because I didn't have a lot going on at the time. And I went and it was really amazing. I spent like a week at the school with these students. We made a music video. I came back to the States and people started seeing this video and asking me to come to their school. And at first I would literally be like, I'm just a guy. There's no thing like you don't want me at your school, <laughs> which is not a great response to those <laughs> inquiries. And so after uh, after a couple months of that, I, I sort of started uh, interviewing educators in my life. Here's the thing, this thing I'm trying to do. Here's the song that is really working in, in a classroom setting. Like, what can I what can I do to help you guys as educators? What's missing from education? And so eventually we created this program called the We Can Project, which is a service learning and growth mindset program, mostly for elementary and middle school students. Um, I do work with high school students as well, but not as much because I find that high school students are very mean. And um, <laughs> so I, yeah, so I travel all over, mostly North America. I've been all over the United States and Canada. Um, and mostly my job when I go to a school is to either introduce the concept of the We Can Project and coming up with goals and then, or just getting everyone excited if they're already doing that. And I actually find that when I go to a school, I have to spend way more time convincing the teachers than the students, because if you tell a third grader that they can do anything, they believe you. And if you tell <laughs> their teacher, they look at you like they want you to, um, you know, like fade into the floorboards. So I uh, so I've been actually doing recently more uh, adult uh, programs and presenting at conferences. And so I did a conference in October for the BCP VPA, which was all the principals and vice principals, which was amazing in BC, which was really amazing. Um, and then and got to reconnect with people who I had been working with like 10 years ago, those very first school visits. And then somebody from set BC was at that conference and invited me to perform for you guys. And when she told me what set BC does and their mission and, and everything that they're working on, I mean, it's just such a no brainer to me to do something like that. I'm always so, blown away by educators. I always have been, even when I was in school. Um, 
And then just from doing this work, I've really gotten to know a lot of teachers and I just, I just think they're an incredible group of people that work really hard and at least in the States are tragically underpaid. And, mm. um, and I, it's so, so for me to, to, to play for a room full of people, like at set, that set BC event, it was, it's just really special. And I, I really loved it. So I appreciated you, uh, inviting me on just to insult me right to my face here a couple months later. Well, you know, feel the love. <laughs> oh, it's, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's sort of the short answer to that. Well, so that's really cool. So you, you have like sort of a, a British Columbia connection right from the start. Yeah, actually, uh, this is an audio medium, so it won't mean anything to people listening to this. But behind me, you guys can see that's like a giant thing that was presented to me um, from the Comox community, because that's where uh, Courtney is in Comox. And so this is the, their First Nations symbol. And um, yeah, I feel, I feel a, a huge connection with BC. I, I love it there so much. Um, I love the people there. I, I was just in Vancouver for the first time uh, a couple weeks ago. I had never been to downtown Vancouver. I loved it. Mm. Um, and then I was up in a tiny town called Mackenzie, British Columbia, where it got, it got down to negative 30. That was that was tough, man. That was really tough. But yeah, I'll go anywhere. Oh, I will really go anywhere. You really got to wonder why anybody would want to have anything to do with a place like Mackenzie, right, Rob? Uh, so, I, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Is that I'm where you from, live, Rob? I'm from Mackenzie. I, I, Are I, you? I lived in Mackenzie for like yeah, from grade one to grade twelve. That's so amazing. I flew into Prince George, and right. that it's like it's like a town. It's a town. It's cold, but it's a town. And then I drove two hours north. <laughs> And as I was driving, I was just wow. like, what, where am I going? And then the <laughs> thermometer in the dashboard on the car was just like, Beep. I know <laughs> it's, it's a place you have to plug your cars in overnight. So the engine block doesn't freeze. It's yeah. It's I ridiculous. just, I'm out. I'm out. Like, it was great yeah. to visit. I loved visiting. Everyone was yeah. so sweet. I I'm hoping to go back next year. Not no shade, but also like guys, like what are you doing so oh and God. so how does this work so like just what just any school kind of invites you and you just you show up like how yeah does... i sort of i sort of decided a long time ago that um i would just go anywhere like like not even for wow. for school stuff but any types of performance um if someone wants me to show up somewhere and play uh as long as i don't lose any money i'll usually do it and so <laughs> this school stuff has been really interesting because it allows me to to end up in these like small towns i would never go to normally uh, in the states especially like a lot of um it, like small towns and small communities in the south uh yeah so i'll go yeah if you want me to come to your school and talk to your students and play songs for them i'll probably show up <laughs> but but no but seriously i mean that is really great because quite yeah. often a lot of these really rural communities they don't they don't see many many things going through their town they don't get a chance to have a lot of guest speakers or uh, because they're just the resources are spread too too thin especially yeah. here in a, a province like british columbia where it's very large um it, it can be really hard to to deliver services and things to some of these really small towns so that that's really cool that that uh that you do that i think i think it makes it more special actually even it's the same thing not doing school stuff but just in my quote-unquote like regular job of singer songwriter stuff like when i play in new york city yeah people are excited but like at any given time there's a million literally a million things to be doing in new york city in mackenzie british columbia 
there are not that many things happening as there are here in New York. So it's just like people just get so excited when you show up where they live. Yeah. And I love that. I love having students be excited that I'm there and, and then they're excited about the message that I'm delivering and the songs I'm playing. And um, it just, yeah, it actually makes my job easier. But I, I think, I don't think art and creativity and goal setting and having like a life that you want, I don't think that should just be limited to major metropolitan areas, you know? Yeah. Seems Yeah, hard. I mean, the last thing, last exciting thing that happened in McKenzie from what I heard was they got a subway, like not a, not a subway, like a subway sandwich franchise oh shop. i missed that i should yes. i wish i'd known yeah you could have you could have got a sub <laughs> my favorite part of going to mckenzie was before like before i go to any district i'll email the principal or whoever's bringing me in like a month before or two months before like hey just send me a list of hotels in the area so i can figure out where i'm going to stay and this time the principal was like this is a short list because we have one hotel <laughs> so that's where i stayed yeah that's right good old, good old alexander mckenzie hotel that's right yeah there you go. that's right so jesse where where is home for you i actually live in brooklyn i live in uh williamsburg Check you out. Awesome. i know i love uh, so billy oh billy bird so Yay. when you said you were in uh you're from new york and then you're in north carolina which i would love to get into that why you made that life choice but um uh yeah so i live i'm in my currently in my my recording studio that my wife and i share because she's an actress and she does a lot of voiceover work so oh my god that is like the the the, the 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 perfect new york couple you know musicians is it is acting. it the perfect, it's so well let's just say it's not well not necessarily perfect with the paycheck because i know a lot of people it's like, uh, it's like it's, it's a, like a normal couple with no emotional or financial stability it's very <laughs> it's very williamsburg for yeah. sure yeah yeah but yeah. i'm even i'm already like too old and not cool enough to live here i've been in this neighborhood 12 years so now i'm like now i'm seeing all the young kids come in with their it's, you know it was hipster when I left. I can't even imagine what it's like now. Did you, where did you live in the city? Uh, all over Manhattan and then um, Queens. And then I just got tired of the rent going up and up and up. Yeah. And, when, and I just bought a one-way ticket, bought a condo sight unseen in person. And just, I was like, peace out. Where in North Carolina do you live? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. There's a lot of scary stuff happening in North Carolina these days. That's what I was saying. Oh my God. You guys are such wussies. A lot. Well, you left New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't, I don't know. That's why, well, it's, it is kind of it is sort of funny when people do get nervous about things. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is nothing compared to, to go through the things that used to happen outside of my apartment on Third yeah. Street. So this is yeah. Wait, where did you live? Third and what? Uh, between first and second, uh, right oh, across from the Hell's Angels. A, oh my God, what a great block you live in. <laughs> <laughs> God, I used to party so much right down the street from your old apartment. Yes, yes. Anyway, mm -hmm. anyway, let's talk, about, let's talk about me some more, guys. Yeah, yeah. Back, to, back to Jesse. No more no, New York City talk. Let's bring it back Absolutely. this way. <laughs> so, okay, so what can you kind of break down the weekend project and sort of explain a little bit about just what what sort of the mandate is and what what the message is and and just what you kind of mean by when you when you talk about a, a service learning initiative yeah so originally that's all the weekend project was was a service learning initiative so uh the song that's based on is called we can and the first verse is all about i can the second verse is all about you can and then the third verse is of course all about we can 
And my, the original idea was how can we how can we find out what is of interest to young people in terms of like the difference that they want to make in their communities? Because it's not often that second, third, fourth, fifth graders get asked like, like what changes they would want to make in the communities where they live. And so the original idea of the We Can Project was let's have all of the students come up with uh, something that they want to change, something they want to work on. Maybe if they have the same goal, they can work together. And over the course of the school year, they can raise money or awareness and it will teach them problem solving and leadership and communication, what to do in the face of no, what, how to come up with an action plan, all of these really great things that, that you would want young people to learn. It also, by the way, teaches them from a young age that they can make a positive difference in somebody else's life, which is something that I didn't learn until I was much older than that. So that was the original idea. And then when I started going into schools and talking to the students and listening to them about what it was like for them, so much of what I was hearing was young people are really, really scared to give themselves permission to try new things because on the internet, on social media, mostly it looks like everyone is perfect at everything. No one has to try very hard. And so it's really been tough for young people to, to like have confidence. And so, we added this growth mindset piece, which was really for them. Like when I, I started playing guitar when I was 16, I knew I wanted to play guitar when I was nine, eight probably. And it took me eight years to build up the courage to start. Whereas if someone that wasn't my parents or my teachers, if, if someone had asked me like, what are the things that you want to be doing that you're kind of like scared to try? I would have totally said that. So, so we added that piece in because I wanted not only to have young people have an ability to make a difference in the communities where they live, I wanted to give young people an opportunity and really give them, give themselves permission to try new things. Because like so often when I talk to students, like they're not even told that being a creative person for a job is even like a viable option. So even just me showing up at their school and saying like, hi, I write songs and perform them for people and that's my life and it's cool. Like even for, for some students, like even that is just like blows their mind. For some students right. seeing, an, seeing a person, because popular music right now, there's not a ton of acoustic music. So for some young people, just seeing someone play an instrument and sing at the same time, that is the thing that like totally makes it worth it for them. So for me, having done this now for about 10 years, when schools buy in to the WeCam project and do it and the teachers come up with their own goals and the students come up with their own goals, the teachers are way tougher, like I said earlier, because they're so jaded and beat down by the world. Like, so, so little kids are just like, yeah, I'll do this, 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 and this, this. And literally I'll have, I'll say to the teacher, like, what's something you've been wanting to do since you were a little kid? And they, they literally like more than half the time, they cannot come up with an answer because being an adult is so whatever, and we're busy and exhausted and all these different things. Like a lot of the adults can't even, can't even give an answer of like a dream or a goal that they've had. And for a lot of them, it's like, like you're, I want them to reconnect with why they became teachers. And I want them to reconnect with the things that they love and that they're passionate about so that they're not waking up overwhelmed and stressed out and over it. I want them to be excited because then they'll do a better job for their students. So, so 
I have seen like communities transformed where students are coming up with goals. Maybe the whole, a big part of the We Can project is, uh, especially for We Can goals, the goals have to be student driven. So it's one thing for a school to say to their students, we're gonna collect cans of food to give them to people who in need for Thanksgiving or Christmas or something. It's an entirely different thing for a third grader to go, hey, you know what we should do? We should collect cans of food and give them out to people who need them in the community. And to, to see the, that student take ownership of that and how excited they are by that and how amazing it is that they can go from having this idea to making a difference for people. So to me, it's like a really wonderful way to change attitudes, to, to change the way students relate to school um, especially in communities where maybe they're underserved and they might not yeah. have as many resources as other communities. Like th some of the feedback I've gotten is like, this is the first time anyone has ever asked me what my goals are. This is the first time anyone's ever asked me what kind of a difference I want to make in my community. So it really gives schools an opportunity to provide a structure to support their students. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's such an important age to to really drive home this idea of advocacy, because honestly, th this is the next generation that's that's coming. And the we we definitely we need more advocates, we need more people who are willing to be allies. And I feel like, you know, getting them comfortable and in that mindset at that age is is really crucial and that's just that one component i didn't even you know consider all of these other components that you know of like getting the teachers involved and and you really yeah shifting your so thinking that, as an so adult. that was all so that's what's been cool about it is like it's evolved over time so for the first couple of years it was just the students and then it was like why is this not working as well as i want it to and it's because the students would be doing these cool new things and being really excited and the teachers weren't doing any of it and were just like totally checked out. And so it, it was like more work to them. So it was like, how can I get it so that teachers are just as excited as, as the students are? Well, let's have them come up with their own goals. Yeah. And one of my, one of my favorite examples of like a community shift was um, there was a, a community in Mississauga outside of Toronto that I used to go to every year. And over the summer, one of the houses in the community like burned down. And it was a single mom with two or three kids. And one of their kids, one of the kids' classmates, like the, the first time the We Can Project was introduced to their school, the first thing out of his mouth was like, well, we should build them a house because they don't have a house. And so every month they would have different fundraisers that the students would decide they were going on weekends to literally build the home with Habitat for Humanity, the teachers oh. and students and community members. There would be like restaurants in the community would bring like food and drinks for people working on the house. It was a whole school year thing. They raised all this money. And at the end of the school year, like in, in May, I went to the school. We had a big concert. We had a big celebration. The We handed Habitat for Humanity, a check for like $50,000 wow. and Habitat for Humanity handed this family the keys to their house that they still live in like wow. seven years later. Amazing. And they get to have that experience. Those That kid who had that idea and all those students that help with that and all those people in the community that help with that, like they get to have that forever. And and to me, that that's like the epitome of the We Can Project is it takes people who live near each other and it turns them into a community with a common goal. This must be like a crazy 10 year journey that you've been on because, you know, you said you wrote the song in, in 2010. 
yeah as you know running this marathon and then looking and then you know telling being able to tell that story and know that you were instrumental in that whole process and that you're you're out there really making a difference i mean does that kind of blow your mind when you really sit down and think about it <laughs> uh it does and it doesn't it does in that I mean, for the first couple of years, like my first time visiting a school was January of 2012. And for years after that, people would be like, what's this like school thing you're doing? And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's like nothing. I just like go sing for kids. It's like whatever. And then I really I, I think it was my my what now my wife, but my girlfriend, she was my girlfriend at the time. And she was like, why are you talking down on on all this school stuff you're doing? And I was like, well, because, you know, I want to be selling out stadiums and I want to be touring on a tour bus and this is like driving to remote little towns and singing for third graders you know that was never my dream but I always said I got into writing songs and performing because I wanted to make a difference for people and that's something I really try and bring to my songwriting and so this just feels like a total extension of all of that like it totally fits my brand it totally fits my identity it totally fits like how I want to spend time on this planet, traveling all over the place, meeting new people, being surrounded by different cultures and communities and being interested in, in like what people's goals are. I, I love it. I always love it. I mean, I think when you decide to go into a creative job, there are things that you miss out on, like stability and, you know, whatever, working for a corporation and all that stuff. But the that's the downside but the upside is like yeah i've had i've had some unbelievable experiences you know i was in one of my favorite ones that i'll never forget was i was in west monroe louisiana which was the second i don't know if it is now but it was the second poorest county in the united states at the time wow. a huge percentage of homes experienced uh gun violence they were driving me around with a with a gun in the truck just in case like i was like you know, we are not in Kansas anymore. Hmm. And uh, I was I was playing for a group of students and they were sitting in a big circle and there was a kid to my right, like all the way on the end, who was really quiet and he was singing along and people saw him singing along and everyone started crying. All the adults started crying. And I was like, okay, something's going on here that they're not telling me about. So afterwards, I pulled the principal aside and I was like, hey, I noticed everyone got really emotional during the sing, you know, during the concert part when one of the kids started singing, and he told me that that student was nonverbal, wow. and they had never heard him speak until wow. they heard him sing my song with all the other students wow. in his class. They had never heard him speak. I think he was probably a fourth grader, and they'd had him since kindergarten. Wow. He had never made a sound. They'd never heard him say a word. And then all of a sudden, he was like singing along. And so that kind of stuff, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing that it's been 10 years with that. There's an asterisk in there because for three of those years, uh, from about 2013 to 2000, the end of 2013 to 2016, um, I was very, very sick with Lyme disease. So I was basically a... a vegetable and i was just at the doctor every day but besides that um yeah for for seven of the last 10 years like a huge part of my life has been traveling drive driving around showing up at some ungodly hour and singing for young people and and it's been really special so it must have been like a, a really sort of transformative 
experience for you because you know you've sort of gone from you know a singer songwriter to i mean you're essentially you know an advocate um as well now whether you <laughs> whether you like it or not hey um, I'll, I'll take it yeah i mean there's a world in which i dropped everything else and just fully focused on the we can project and i have thought about that because there are pieces of it that I really love. No one asks me when I show up to a school in McKenzie, British Columbia, no one asks me how many Instagram followers I have or how many tickets I sold or any of that stuff. But at the same time, uh, there's, a, there's a piece of being a singer-songwriter and being on tour that I just absolutely love that just totally fulfills me. So for me, it's like, it's just balancing both. And I, at some point I would love to have employees and other people that can focus on the we can project so i can just show up at schools and not deal with all of the negotiating and outreach and advertising and all the stuff that comes with trying to have run an educational program um but they mostly don't um get in each other's way and they really complement each other really well my ultimate goal like if i had to design the perfect life would be like monday to Thursday or Monday to Wednesday, I would do school visits. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I would do like regular uh, venue concerts. That feels like a pretty great life to me. Um, But with education, it's so hard because there's no central place where everyone goes to look for a program. And even here in the States, like every state is different. And there are just so many schools. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of schools. So it, just figuring out how to get in touch with them and, and connect with people who are interested in this kind of stuff, it's a, it's a pretty unique challenge. And I definitely feel like uh, an imposter a lot of the time as far as uh, being in the educational world as someone who didn't go to school for education. Um, but I've been doing it long enough now where I, I feel like I can speak pretty confidently about at least the stuff that I do. Um, but yeah, as far as like choosing one over the other, I, I just want to do all of it all the time. Yeah. I hear you there about the, uh, the not feeling, feeling like the imposter. Cause I go around with a, a group called the children's low vision project of British Columbia and everybody in, in that uh, group other than me pretty much has a doctorate. So mm. yeah, they go from, you know, doctor this to doctor that, and they come to me and they go, are you Dr. Steve? It's like, no, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm the least educated <laughs> guy in the room. <laughs> but you can call me Dr. Steve. But as far as, as just to, just to address the advocacy part of your question, I think since that first marathon, advocacy has always been a big thing for me. One, because I think it's, it's just, it feels, how do I want to put this? It's really, it's really good for me and it's good for my mental well-being to have something to focus on that isn't just my career. So to have something bigger to focus on, like raising money and training for a cause and running a marathon is really good for me because it gets me outside of my own head and reminds me that there are more important things than just like how many Spotify streams I got that day. But I also... Like I was really sick for a long time. Lyme disease is uh, really misunderstood. The medical community is is decades behind on where they should be. Uh, I had to go to 15 doctors before I got a diagnosis. I spent, I don't know, $75,000 on treatment in a two-year period. Like I'm a, I do a ton of advocacy work for uh, Lyme disease research and, and awareness and um, helping Lyme disease patients get connected with other patients and 
doctors. And I think um, the way that we treat chronically ill people here, at least here in the States, is criminal. And there's a lot of victim blaming and a lot of, um, like, we just sort of tell people that they're on their own. And so, so for as far as advocacy, like, I, I like being an advocate. I've been in remission from Lyme since 2016. I still talk to Lyme patients almost every day. I help run a, a nonprofit that hosts online Zoom meetups for Lyme patients um, almost every day. We've had about, I don't know, between 10 and 15,000 participants since we started. Uh, so for me, having something else to focus on besides my career is is really helpful because also, what else would I want to spend my time on? Like, what am I going to like watch more TV? No, I don't need to watch more TV. So, so to, to have something besides writing songs and performing, it's, it's just really helpful. But I also just, I don't feel called to do a ton of different things, but the things that I am, I'm really uh, drawn towards. I feel like I'm talking a lot. I'm going to try and make my answer shorter. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's perfect. We love it. <laughs> but you are, you are kind of the guest here. I know, but I also really like the sound of my own voice, you know. So. He's got the good microphone too. That's we always appreciate that. Oh, sure for you, only for you, only oh. for you. So this, so we, I need to, I need to fit in with the podcast group and show that I got, I got my own podcast thing going on. <laughs> Speaking of which, I want to hear about your podcast project. Oh yeah, so, um, so the group that I am, uh, that I co-founded and I'm on the board is called Generation Lime, and so we have meetups for. Anyone, impact, anyone impacted by Lyme disease, so patients, but also supporters, people in relationships with Lyme patients, parents of Lyme disease patients. Um, we have a men's meetup, a women's meetup, a BIPOC meetup, an LGBTQ meetup. We have a, a meetup for college-age students. We've got a late-night meetup. We've got an international meetup. We've got all these meetups. And so we do, a, we do a couple podcasts a month where we either tell somebody's story or talk about uh, a different monthly topic and how it relates to Lyme disease. And it's really, a, it's really just we try to provide services for if there was someone who was newly diagnosed and didn't know anything and was very overwhelmed, if, if, if those people find us, we want them to feel like, thank God, this is what I needed. You know, So we're just trying to... We're not doctors. We're just uh, young people that, youngish people, I should say, that um, really care a lot. And so, um, yeah. So tonight we're recording an episode of that podcast. Mm -hmm. But I also have like I wrote a musical. I have a, a weekend children's book. I've got a record coming out in the spring, and I've got another one coming out probably six months later. I got a lot. I got a lot of plates in the air. You know. You're gonna have to tell me about your um, your children's book offline it's called we can with an exclamation point and it rhymes and it's awesome scholastic <laughs> almost uh i i submitted it through to scholastic right before the pandemic actually and it got all the way up to like the last phase before they were going to publish it and then they said no unfortunately so now i'm trying to find a home for it but mm -hmm. um I also have uh like year-long lesson plans for for k-2 and three through five because i want i just want to like make it easier for schools to, to bring the, the messages of the program. Uh, so, you know, it's stuff like even something as simple as like, what is a goal? Because a lot of times young people will say like, I can go to like fly to the moon. And it's like, cool, but what's like something you can actually do that you can measure and so you can decide whether you completed it or not. So there's stuff like that. That's like, seems really obvious, but is really necessary all the way up to like, 
what is something you could do that would be like way outside of your comfort zone that would help spread the word about all this cool stuff you're doing and you know we've had people kids like be on the news or write a letter to the mayor or you know any of that kind of stuff so there's a lot going on i got a lot of feelings liz 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 you had it right you got it right the first time yeah liz llc over there yeah there's a lot going on look at that i was don't get her started on the llc the guests like to plug me i can't help it (laughs) no but you you know the other comment i just wanted to make is is that we we got to we as a group minus minus our our beloved steve we listened to your music last week and Mm. after uh we recorded and i i really like that your music, it's, it is, it is very singer songwriter. It doesn't feel like it's playing to kids. It doesn't feel like you've watered it down or tried to uh, cut corners on the musicianship of, of what you put out there. So, I mean, it's very, very listenable. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, And and I'm wondering how do do the kids like that, that it's not, it doesn't feel like you're, you're pandering to children. Like you're just really just (laughs) writing good music. Well, I appreciate that. I think I decided a long time ago, like I was not going to change, like dumb anything down for whatever audience I was uh, playing to. So I, I even I was surprised, like n- all, all of the songs that I play when I go to like an elementary school, those are all songs that I play in my normal concerts for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to kids exactly the way I would talk to adults. I actually did my first corporate event, I had, I, I was flown to Germany to present the We Can Project to this, uh, this tech company. And they were re- so concerned. There were all these meetings about like, well, we know you're used to talking to young people and this will be way different. I gave the same presentation at this conference, word for word, as I would to a third grade class. And it went over exactly the same. And I think part of that is because no matter your age, like we're all, we all kind of have, we all want to make a difference. We all want to try things. It's a pretty universal thing. I also don't know how to write songs like quote unquote for kids. So I just, I just play when I go to schools, I just play the songs that are age appropriate. Like as far as language and theme, you know, I'm not like dropping F-bombs in front of second graders, but um, <laughs> although I have before, don't do that. Um, <laughs> but I, I just put, yeah, I, I made a choice. I've, I think I've told this story before on a podcast. I can't remember, but I remember doing a show when I was starting out, I was probably 22 or 23 and I, I, the show went really well. It was in my hometown. I made a lot of money. A lot of people came and all of the songs that I played and everything I said on stage was all about how horrible my ex-girlfriend was. And I, because that was, that was what I was writing about at the time, because I'd broken up with my college girlfriend and I was madly in love and heartbroken and all this stuff. And I got home that night and I was laying in bed and I was thinking, I provided nothing for those people. They got babysitters, they bought tickets, they, they drove from, you know, God knows how far they drove. They showed up on time and I complained about my ex-girlfriend for an hour and a half. I provided them nothing except convincing them that a person who's actually pretty great, I convinced them that person was awful. So if I'm going to do this for a living and if I'm going to do this for a long time, I better make sure that what I'm writing about and what I'm saying and what I'm talking about when I'm on stage is worth people listening to and really respecting, not taking for granted people's attention which is something that drives me crazy when performers do, like when they act bored or uninterested or too cool. 
that stuff just drives me nuts. So I really try that. That sort of philosophy is through everything that I, everything I work on. Can you tell us more about your music and where you perform? What, uh, what what's going on with you musically? Yeah. Uh, so I've got a record coming out in the fall. It's called Belong. Um, I actually finished it during COVID. Um, the fir- the next single will probably be out in early May, uh, which is which will be the title track, which is called Belong. And then I'll put out a couple singles, and then the album will come out uh, in the fall. Um, I'm touring in the East Coast and uh, the Midwest in May. I'm going to be in BC, all over BC in April, doing school stuff on the island. Um, but like I said, I will play anywhere and anywhere. So if you're listening to this and you want me to come play for your kids or private concerts or any of that stuff, I will do it. Um, I'm pretty easy to get in touch with and I've been, I've performed in some pretty hilarious places. So, you know, hit me up, see what happens. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm releasing music, music video, the whole nine, all the things. Okay. You can't just throw out that you performed in hilarious places and, and, and not, uh, not, not fill in some details. Oh, like, uh, one time, uh, this, this woman hired me to play her third anniversary with her boyfriend. Um, but the way that she did it was, uh, I thought there was going to be like a big party at their house. But when I got there, she met me in the driveway outside and it was just her and her boyfriend in the house. And I just sat at their kitchen table and played for the two of them while they were about three feet away from me, which was one of the worst experiences of my entire life. <laughs> Awkward. I've, Awkward. Yeah, I've played in kitchens. I've played in basements. I've played in attics. I've played on boats. I've played, I'm trying to think what where else I've played that was like really, I've, I've played like I did a, a half marathon where talk about getting ignored. People are just like running by you for hours. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, you know, if you can think of it, I've probably done it. The only thing I won't do is like wear like some weird costume or something, or like jump out of a cake or a box or something. I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> Although for the, I don't know, for the right price, maybe I will. <laughs> but no one's, no one's asked luckily, but yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people think like, oh, singer songwriter, you're thinking like coffee shops, folk clubs. Yeah, totally. But also like on top of a grocery store, um, yeah. On the back of a truck. Uh, <laughs> oh, where was I? Did one on a beach, but in there was a gener a power a generator for power that they thought would be good to have right next to where I was standing. So yeah. I did my whole set, but all anyone heard was like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst auto tune I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> but but that being said, I have also. I've also been called to like perform at someone's 50th wedding anniversary with everyone that they've ever loved who's still alive. I have, I got a call once because this woman was in hospice care in a, in a hospital room in a hospital here in New York. And one of her, the last things she wanted to do before she passed away was to have me play songs for her and sing them with me. And so I've, you know, I've gotten to have some really special, amazing experiences that most people never get to have. So it's a, it's a balance for sure. And it, and it doing stuff like visiting schools and working with young people, it really makes all the other stuff worth it. Cause the other stuff is brutal. The way that we treat creative people in the States, especially Canada, you guys are better, 
especially with musicians. I don't know about other creative fields, but the way we treat musicians and is is horrible here. And so there's got to be stuff that makes it worth it because there's a lot that's really tough. I mean, I know all jobs are tough, but um, yeah, like rejection and disappointment and all that kind of stuff. So so being able to have these like really special human connections is is really what makes it worth it. You know, nice. last week we debuted a song that Ryan, our very own Ryan wrote. Whoa. Glitter and Spangles. Yeah. <laughs> Written for Liz herself. Yeah. What's a spangle? I don't I oh, I don't okay. even know if we know what a spangle think, is. Okay, wait, but... I think isn't it like a fringe? Isn't it kind of oh. like a I think it's like a Sure. I, I don't even know why where we got that term from we don't even remember our own our own podcast references what was it at this called? point what and spangles glitter and spangles glitter oh i was just about to grab my guitar and make up a song called glitter and spangles but i won't yeah well see don't That's worry you'll, be getting, you'll be getting an email from liz demanding yeah. that you write her several songs uh by the time it was, the, week's it was out. the song challenge that Brian wrote a song called Glitter and Spangles. And this went on for like the year. And it he, went on for a year. Yeah. He came through. I didn't know that I was talking to like a real musician. I would have been way more nervous if I 11 guitars sitting here in my guitar Come dungeon. Come on, 11. Come and jam with me, Jesse. 11? Who needs a? I have three and it's my job. Who has 11? You need a strat. You need a tell. You need a casino. You need. You. Yeah, you need. You need. Different guitars for different different styles, right? Look at that styles, guy with, right? the, with the sunglasses. He needs eleven guitars. That's right. For sure. right. Three bases, you know. <laughs> Come on over. Well, oh, listen. You didn't. Know, well, you did not know he was in the presence of greatness, Ryan. Oh, I love it. Yeah, anyone who can rhyme something with spangles, so... <laughs> for sure. Throughout a yeah. whole song. Yeah, Dangle, I know. Dangle, just... ankle. Rankle. I forget. I forget what it was. Wrangle. Yeah. No. Wrangle. Wrangle was, was in yeah. there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not a song for children. By Angle. The way. <laughs> no. No. Don't no, yeah, right, be able to put it. that in your repertoire. I'm afraid. Don't wanna, you don't want to. You don't want to do a cover of Glitter and Spangles. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely, I've definitely had like kid, like when I would, I would visit a school, and then I like if I'm coming back to a town or somewhere nearby, like six months later, and you know, like a bunch of third graders come with their parents, and then they're just like horrified by what's what they're hearing. I've definitely had that <laughs> before. I'm like, sorry guys. I, we're not in we're not at your school today so right we're in the we're in the world but next is my cover of 99 problems and a bitch ain't one <laughs> um no listen uh jesse i know we have to let you go because you have other commitments um so like actual important commitments yeah, exactly not you guys are podcast. important Oh, no, listen this. please come back and talk to us because you have so much going on uh we didn't even crack the surface so but let's do a part it, two yeah absolutely 100 percent. in fact we'll, we'll invite you over to our anniversary show that's where things get really wild and Woohoo! Oh, but do i don't it. know about about this though I, you there, know, <laughs> there are lots of there are drinking games and everything that's right uh but in in the meantime uh if people are interested in finding out more about you uh booking you to go to you know i don't know kentuck tuck uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if, you, uh, if you're interested in the We Can Project, you can find a bunch of information and cool videos and, and behind-the-scenes stuff at wecanwecanwecan.com. That was the best website I could find. Uh, <laughs> trust me, I tried. 
Um, and then for my actual non-school related stuff, um, jessierubin.com, J-E-S-S-E-R-U-B-E-N. You can find me and the Wing Camp Project on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm very easy to find. So, yeah. We will, yeah, we'll have everything in our show notes as well for anyone who's interested. Awesome. Thank you All so right. much for having me, guys. This was really fun. Thank Appreciate you, you coming. Sir. Thanks for coming, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, of course. I need to buy like eight more guitars. Yeah, clearly. Well, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk offline. Listen, if you don't, if there's any you don't want, you know, I got plenty. Of, I got plenty. I got plenty of room on this wall over here. So. Excellent. But anyway, well, thank you so awesome. much for having me. I love what you guys are doing. I think it's really important. And uh, I really appreciate being a part of this. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. And thanks for all the work you're doing. You too. Thank you take so care. much, guys. All right. Thanks. Take care. Okay. Have a thank great you. night. Bye, Jesse. What a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, he has. So it, it, was he, pre- he was presenting to uh, the teacher's conference. Is that, is that right, Steve? When you yeah, the, the CEPBC uh, district partners uh, meeting. So uh, CEPBC, so cool. uh, for those who don't know it, is is our provincial agency that deals with uh, technology for kids in the K to 12 system uh, for uh, uh, low vision, blindness, physical disabilities, augmentative communication, the whole the whole shoot and match. Um, and all over the province, they have uh, partners in districts who interface with the classroom teachers and um you know uh help direct the technology that's going to go into the into the, the district so uh they they were all together for a planning meeting and uh you know as he said uh one of the uh one of the principals uh in charge of CEPBC uh found him at the at the principals um conference and uh yeah dragged him dragged him into the district partners meeting and he he sang some songs and Talked about the weekend project a bit, and uh, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. He's he's a super talented uh, singer songwriter, and uh, I just I, I knew I wanted him on the podcast. Yeah, he it is amazing, and it's amazing that he goes to places like Mackenzie. Like I'm blown mm-hmm. away by that. Yeah, I was, like, kind of, I, think, I was surprised by that too. I you know in my entire time I was there, they never brought anybody in for like a, an assembly or anything like that. We had nothing, so that's it's it's really great that you know communities like that can actually get somebody like jesse who you know is not only spreading a really positive message through the weekend stuff it's just i don't know it, it's his energy is kind of contagious where's kentuck that's not even a real place i don't know i don't know what i was trying to say you were probably trying to say tuck duck duck Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. I, I screwed that up. I'll probably have to cut that out. Or getting another email on geography from one of our listeners. Exactly. So. They'd be like, I think hey. what you meant, Rob. Hey, I thought stop you were making fun towns. of Kentucky. I thought you were making a, 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 like a stab at the United States with your, uh, no. you know, like these little Kentucky neighborhoods. Of the, <laughs> no. Somewhere on the Bourbon Trail, you know, I don't, I don't know. I was like, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, I know. We can't. We we can tuck tuck. Hey, speak. Speaking of uh, geography here, uh, our uh, friend and uh, listener to the show, Shan, uh, called me up uh, a couple of days ago, Ouch. and uh, pointed out a um, uh, a rebrand that a Canadian city has been doing, and uh, they they've uh, to promote tourism. They've thrown out a bunch of new slogans and they've run into some hot water for it uh for example one of the slogans is we are the city that rhymes with fun 
Now, based on that, can you guess what the city is? That rhymes with fun? Yes, we are the city that rhymes with fun. Uh, wow, I, I'm drawing a blank. Fun. Uh, what city rhymes with fun? No, I don't know. Okay, Anybody well, else? I'll give it this away. Is in, this is in Canada? It's in Canada, yeah. Okay, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> well, I... I'll... I'll tell you. I'll, I'll give it away with I the fold. second. I'll give it away with the second slogan here. Okay. Sh show us your Regina. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Regina's uh, Regina's tourism in, industry or agency I, yeah. uh, posted uh, these out on social media accounts, and uh, yeah, they they, they got what? they got slaughtered for it. Yeah. We rhyme with fun. <laughs> yes. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> wow. Got some college students in in, in charge of their marketing. Didn't I get Show didn't I get called giant. out because I said I thought it was a funny name? Yeah, yes. Did. Yeah, you uh, did. <laughs> Apparently I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> their own their their own marketing people. Oh, you rhyme with fun. <laughs> Oh, Slam man. the American for making fair, making fun of the Queen City. See, man, she never forgets. I don't, and I, yeah, I know. I'm yeah. a, I'm a grudge whore for sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there you go, Ryan. There's the next song. Grudge whore. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll, I'll reach out to Jesse after we collaborate. Yeah, right. Another song not for children. <laughs> rhymes with fun whore. i'm gonna i'm gonna start getting um these bizarre emails from ryan um liz can you answer a couple questions um that's right what, how what, many what, bumps on your ass how many, what, what material is your preferred panty <laughs> that's right fishnet or nylon <laughs> Well, we'd we'd better wrap this up quick. Yeah, Rob. exactly. I know. Those started very wholesome, and then I just. I'm ran. getting I'm getting words coming to my mind for this grudge horror song. Grudge <laughs> Fishnet, <laughs> nylon, stockings, fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, see, this is it's a genius at work, right? This is, hey, how, this is how it happens. happens. It's how it happens. It's the yeah. magic. It's how the magic happens, folks. It is. Mm. Uh, all right. Hey, Liz. Hey, Rob. Did I go to the right person? Is that right? I sure. See, yeah. We haven't it's been together for so long that uh, I don't even know who I'm going to. Uh, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us at atbanter.com. Hey, they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell <laughs> at uh, atbanter.com. And much like our guest, Jesse, we can also be found on Instagram, Facebook, oh, no. Twitter. No, what? Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So we have, we've, there's, yeah, we have some news. Apparently we lost the password to the Instagram account. Well, no. Well, yes, we've lost the password <laughs> and Instagram will not let us reset it. Because when you click the reset password link, they send you a, please click here, click here to reset your password. You click there and you get a page not found page cannot be displayed so instagram has fucked us over so, yeah which so we've lost that picture of ryan eating pancakes so oh, that's right. forever to the sands of time yeah that's so, terrible no instagram for now so, anyway yeah i guess 
guess we Alrighty. don't well, have Instagram. So, how about fa- Facebook and Twitter? We still got those, right? We're, we we're do. Good. Yep. Yeah. All we're right. Good. We're, we're good. With that. We're good. <laughs> uh, where? Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's that's all there is to it. That is all there is to it. Yeah. Well, this is a good show. Did you get a good show? Good... What he did? did yeah, her? I hit the cowbell. Yeah, oh, I did. Yeah, I know, right? Oh my this god, I, I think I just had a, I think I had a little brain fart there, but <laughs> it just felt like there was something missing. I, I see. I I had the same feeling. I think it just went too smoothly. Usually, we run into some sort of a problem with the outro, but that just went too well. When all four of us are here, we can't. We're, we feel off, or like, wow, it's really is that we? Yeah, that's how we. I know. This in the intro threw me off too. I was just like, this went too went too well. So. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, then I think that is going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks, of course, to Jesse for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 